going. Okay, guys, we're live again. The Off Track Experience, episode nine. We're here with a friend of mine. Guy I've been racing again since, I don't know, under 17s, under 15s. Uh, trail builder, travels all around Australia, builds all these tracks you guys ride. Good friend of mine, bit of a party animal. Come Coming down to the northeast for a wedding, my brother's wedding, and thought we'd uh, have a little chat. It's also using his gear, so it's kind of <laughs> his podcast at the same time, but we're just going to double up at the same time. So, John Motherwell, how are you, mate? Hey, mate. How you doing? Oh. I figure we're just going to slide our little name drops in there. So, this is also Till the Wheels Fall Off podcast. <laughs> double it up. <laughs> double it up. Um, my microphones are way better than what Dean's gear is, so you figure you just rack off mine, but... At the same time, we couldn't figure out how to get two mics going at once, so... We're on to one, but we got two red wines, so we're fine. Yeah, it's exactly right. So, um, for anyone that doesn't actually... Well, no one would know this, but this podcast was supposed to be... When was supposed to be done? Like a week ago? <laughs> yeah, about that. But we've put it off, and there's been a lot of drinking and a few other things that have gotten in the way, but we're finally here. I think... It, what's the time? It's it's, it's 10.30 on a, on a Sunday night, <laughs> and we thought, hey, what the hell? What Better time... Oh, no, now we've got Gary McIver here as well. But, uh... Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's kind of weird because we're both actually doing a podcast each other. Yeah, it's kind of a bit of inception going on. Yeah, a bit of inception, but I think first off we should start. What are you? Uh, what are you doing here, Jai? Why are you actually in in the area? What am I doing in Little Old Wodonga? Yeah, so that's where we are for anyone that's listening. Uh, Wodonga, Victoria, where Dean Dean's home planet is. Uh, came up for his brother's wedding. Well, your brother's wedding. Hmm. I don't know who I'm talking to. Yeah, came up for your brother's wedding. Quit my job on. Thursday last week, <laughs> so technically unemployed right now, and uh, that's why the podcast kept getting pushed back because I had nowhere better to be anyway. <laughs> um, if anyone's looking for an employee, Chai Mallowell is actually here, ready to go. Um, run off some of your qualifications. Uh, I'm not going to go into it. I've got a I've got a job job lined up in Queenstown. Moving to Queenstown on Thursday. Yeah, still haven't been, so I'm pretty keen to join the rest of the rascals over there and. Have a bit of a rip at home over the summer. Do a lot of trail building, a lot of riding, and uh, maybe some partying. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Queenstown's what's Queenstown like? I've heard it's a bit of a black hole, hey. Yeah. I feel like yeah, once yeah. you go to Queenstown, it's like Whistler, where I feel like it's good for the soul, but probably not good for the mind. Yeah. If you get yeah. what I mean. But I've been actually wanting to go to Queenstown for years now, and every year I say I'm going to do it, and then I just don't do it for whatever reason. So you coming this year? I think I'm going to come this year. I think I'm like got to lock things in now and do it i don't know when maybe end of september well not september um december or early jan or something yeah Probably when it gets too hot here i try and get away for a bit no that's fair you can bring a trial bike over for me because i need something no, to do no, that no. If I, <laughs> but i don't even know if i come i don't know how long i'd come for i was thinking a week's probably not enough maybe like 10 days or mm. maybe yeah, something like that yeah, two weeks would be pretty good. I don't really know. I can't really say much about it because I haven't been yet. But uh, you've never been to Queenstown. You've, you've never, never been to Queenstown. Oh, no. I thought you've actually been before. No, no. So I'm just going to jump into the deep, deep end and just move over there. See, I see. I don't know. How long are you moving there for? You don't know. How long? So, you, is it like strict? It's not strict in New Zealand, is it? When it for travelling. Yeah, travelling. No, can you no, go? Can you live there? Yeah. Like, Full, yeah, full yeah. time. You can just live there full time. Like we're like a bit of a sister country. Yeah, I thought yeah. so. I thought because when you always go there or coming back, they're always like New Zealand and Australian residents. Like kind of just put them in the same basket. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty handy. I think even just like getting my driver's license and all that sort of stuff. I've just got to show them my Australian driver's license and they just give me one okay. over there. Yeah, they're like ah, should be right. 
Yeah. <laughs> you can drive in Australia, you can definitely drive it, yeah. I feel like New Zealand is just like a more mellow Oz. Like oh, a, dude. It's super, for anyone that hasn't been there, it's like super similar to Tasmania. So I had been in New Zealand, but not Queenstown. Yeah. But it's just like a little bit more laid back, a little bit more chill. Uh, rules aren't as strict. And that's pretty well kind of what Tassie is down here in Australia. Yeah. It's like a it's like Stray's like cousin that's kind of just like, fuck it, it'll be all right. Yeah, Shelby, mate. Yeah. So you reckon you're going to fit in there? Yeah, I think so. I'm pretty Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> with the double denim <laughs> yeah double denim well you pulled yours off yeah I did fuck I um, feel like everyone's going there like I think like Dave McMillan's there Jake Newell goes there for a bit like it's just kind of like because I think about where we are here and mountain biking where I live anyway is terrible like it's like it's not ter- no I wouldn't say, ter- you can't say I wouldn't that. say terrible but I'd say it's getting there but really like compared to Queenstown yeah it's like having not, trails on your doorstep living on a bike yeah, park it's, real it's not it's night and day and even you go to Europe and every second mountain's got a, a, a chairlift with a, a, like plenty of tracks but we've got Bright it could be considered one of the best mountain bike tracks in all trails system in Australia yeah and we don't even have a chairlift on or anything you've got a shuttle and the shuttle's like as good as they could be is still obviously nowhere near as good as what a chairlift could be. Yeah, so you know, on, on that topic, topic, what's you were telling me the other day that they're going to jack up the price of being able to take a car. Well, apparently, I haven't... This is all... Well, hearsay. This is, yeah, hearsay yeah, and secondhand, but what I've heard is they're putting, like, a tax if you want to shuttle the road on weekends. I think it's, like, yeah. $130 to do it, which I understand they want to try and make money back into it, but at the same time, I'm like, you're going to... Off, like put a, pe- a lot of people off yeah well like, it's like the, the road's getting hectic I understand that yeah I get it's, that it's getting busy but yeah like it's too, like I don't get it I'm like it's surely the amount of tourism and money that mountain biking's brought into Bright should be worth I don't know I feel like it's I don't know I just feel as I heard that I'm like well I'm just not gonna go like I'd go there on a weekday I'm lucky enough that I can do that yeah but it's kind of hard for someone to shuttle me on a week weekday as well but I look at that I'm like it's just it's just too expensive, really. $130 just to drive up and down a road. Yeah. And it's like, how many runs? You might do five, six runs a day. Yeah. And so is that, is that really worth it? Is that worth the worth yeah. the money? Plus the fuel you're paying, plus getting exactly. there. Plus, it's just, I don't know, a bit of a money pit, which is a bit sad. Yeah, it's like the same price as going to a race now. Like, yeah, know, $140. Well, so even, a, even a lift pass at Threadbow is, what, 70 bucks? 70 bucks for the day, yeah. yeah. And you get, you normally... You're not paying for your fuel or anything once no, you're up there. No, just, You don't need a driver. It's just go up, so... I don't know who's come up with that and how it's going to go, but I think it's a bit of a poor decision. But I don't really know the ins and outs of why that's happening or what's going on, so I don't want to, like, yeah, I don't, really. I don't want to, yeah, shit on anyone that I don't know the whole story. <laughs> yeah. But just from what I've heard, I think it's a bit, I don't know, I just don't agree with it, but also I don't know a lot about it, so it'd be nice. Hopefully someone listening can maybe just tell me. <laughs> I, I always say, like, I don't know where they're going to tell me, but if they hear this, like, Get on to me. Tell me what's up. Have you had many people get in contact with you through the podcast after something you said? And you're like, hey, get in contact with me. Um, a few out? people have like pulled me up on things. I think we were talking about like when a certain, I don't know if it was just, like talking about when summer or spring was or some shit. And someone just messaged me and was like, it's this date, you dickhead. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Like, oh, I remember that. I don't need to know that. But, oh. Or when we were talking about how like comparing, I think like leaving tires in the sun or something to like. I don't know. Was, in the cold or something. Yeah, like, somebody was like heating up chicken in the oven and people like got onto me about like their opinions on it. I'm like, that's kind of funny. I just like the people listening to it and actually like taking note, like yeah. Yeah, actually picking up on things. But no one's actually, I don't think I've got any questions that really need answering. Yeah. If anyone hears this, I'm actually trying to learn how to DJ. So if anyone's got, <laughs> if, if anyone's got any tips yeah. on that, feel free to get onto me for that. So I don't know if any DJs are listening, but if you do, hit me up. 
Oh, fuck. I think I've got some, um, what is it, Pioneer, DJ, I think, what are they called? I don't know, DJ R2. Mixer. Uh, no, X, XDJ XR ones. One, I think it's the first one. But yeah, if anyone's got any <laughs> pointers on that, hit me up, man. All for it. Yeah, right. So, other than other than Bright, you still got like Mampedia here as well. Do you get out there very often? Yeah, I got to, some sweet trails as well. Yeah, I got yeah. to Beauty of Heat because that's obviously where Joel's from. So yeah. I go train out with him. But he's Joel Panozzo. Joel right? Panozzo, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I train out at his gym, and then sometimes we just go do shuttles and whatnot. Yeah. And even that's pretty good. But at the same time, though, like I feel like there could be more done. Like a focus. Yeah. I feel like the scene is kind of. I don't know. It's like so. I know young kids want to go build downhill tracks anymore like they just want to go yeah. do like do jibs or like ride trail bikes and like they're not as excited like I remember when I was young all I wanted to do was build shit and make things exactly and then I swear young kids now I don't know they just don't seem as motivated to do that stuff yeah well I, I sort of found because um, I had uh, I was asked in my last podcast oh now I'm, I feel real bad because now I can't remember off the top of my head I'm so bad at this what's it um oh what was it Zero one sixty. His his Instagram handle. What's his bloody podcast? Zero one sixty. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Um. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. Man, I feel real bad for this, Darren. I'll have to hit you back. <laughs> yeah. This one. I'll, I'll we need that. We need that one. guy in the corner that Joe Rogan's got who can just search yeah. things up and tell us. Uh-huh. Maybe that's the next step we can do. We get a producer. We get Ga- Ga- uh, Ga- Ga- <laughs> We get Gary in here to start producing. Is he actually um, the guy that produces it all? Who the guy on Joe ja- Jamie? Yeah. Jamie, yo Jamie, yo. yeah, <laughs> oh, <dude>. classic. <laughs> yo Jamie, search some shit. Oh. Um, yeah, we're definitely gonna have to get a Gary. But yeah, so that podcast that I was doing, um, he was talking to me about people going out trail building and all that sort of stuff, and it's yeah. not really happening so much anymore. And my whole take on that is like the you know because I'm, I'm a trail builder myself, that mm. business has like started to burn, and I think you know people are get it, uh, aren't getting out on the hand tools so much anymore and building their own trails yeah. because they're just getting put in everywhere like yeah you don't you, have to you don't need to build trails because they're already there and plus like it is illegal you shouldn't yeah. really be building mountain bike trails but yeah I know is, <laughs> mine gets shut mine gets shut down all the fucking time it's oh. quite disheartening especially when it's in the middle of nowhere and you're literally affecting no one I understand the whole rules and behind it and all that but I'm just like you're on a bike you're not really causing that much damage like when I build something it's literally use um, the na- like the land as much as you can but oh, it's fucking it's hard when like you put in all this effort like literally months of work and then someone comes in and just shuts it all down and it's just like I don't know it just makes me so mad you invest so much time into something yeah. and then it just all gets shut down and then a lot of the time when people like for the tracks I want to ride is I want to make them hard enough that they're going to help exactly. my skills where most of the tracks that get built at bike parks are just like just jump tracks and stuff or like they're fun for a little bit but for me you kind of run out of yeah like improvement and like ways to I don't know it just it doesn't challenge you enough yeah and I find that even with like trail building myself it's like majority of the time we're building beginner to intermediate level trails because that's what like 90% of the people are going to ride mm-hmm. and it makes it hard because you know as sort of a little bit more of an advanced rider myself I'd rather ride stuff that's going to be far more challenging and all that sort of shit yeah but you, it's difficult to get that in. I started like probably pushing boundaries a little bit lately yeah. with yeah. what I'm doing, but um, as long as you're still within those guidelines, you can still do it. But yeah, do you, yeah. Do you get annoyed though? Like you obviously want to build something, and then someone's like, "No, we can't do that. We got to do it this way." Like that would kill me. That's probably the biggest reason I don't think I could be 
a trail builder or someone because I'd have an idea in my head and that's like my I know it's their their project or whatever but if I'm building it I want to put in like my own kind of flavor I guess you'd say or yeah. like design and if you saw something and you just knew you could make that so good and someone's like no you can't do that that would just like I feel like they'd just be killing me it's like imagine if I went to a world cup and I wanted to do a line and someone was like standing like no you can't do that <laughs> yeah. line and I'm like fuck but <laughs> that's the line I really want to do like yeah. I reckon I could nail it so I just don't think because people have talked to me like oh you should get into it a little bit and like you because I feel like I, like I, from just riding so much I know how to make a fun track yeah. like I made a track you, every, worked, you worked with me for a little while yeah so like, <laughs> <laughs> my pump track hasn't come out as well so far oh it's alright we're getting there yeah. maybe I should just be a party planner instead party of planner. instead of a, a pump track builder um yeah like the whole building for other people and all that sort of stuff like it can definitely become interesting um I think once you start to shake up the wall as well. <laughs> yeah, well, once you start to become a little bit more accustomed to what like the guidelines are for like the different levels of trails, you can start to work within that and be a little bit more creative and still make something fun from that. Like you know what I did with Shred Kelly, working with Elliot and um, the whole Trailscapes crew and stuff out there. Yeah, like it's it's a proper intermediate trail, but like you can still have a lot of fun. Like yeah. all rounder, it is still not like you know proper black you know yeah, hard yeah, trail yeah. to ride. Um, but that's the thing like we went and rode a track up um, where was it uh, Mount no not Mount Major Mount Taylor um, when we were on a Jake's Bucks party and we rode this track it was a flow track and it was easy like it was anyone like any, everyone on the Bucks party could do it but I still had so much fun so I was like it doesn't have to be challenging to be fun you just gotta make it flow and you gotta make everything right yeah and the th- funny thing was like this probably was all made by like a, either a small machine or hand shovels like it wasn't massive yeah. berms and all that yeah and it would, I just look at like what they've done at Hero and all that in bright is awesome and they put like heaps of effort into made these massive jumps and I'm like you don't need that to make a good track like yes. you can literally put two guys out there with shovels and rakes and maybe spend a couple of weeks and make some fucking flow track with like little berms and probably more people would enjoy that than like yeah. these massive like get excavators and stuff in yeah as long as done yeah done correctly and all that sort of stuff and that was some stuff I learned like really early on um, from Benny Reynolds out at um, Long Gully like for anyone that's seen the um, long alley crash video that went viral yeah, all over the, the guy, YouTube. The guy front flipping. Yeah, I just saw that the other day. It just always pops back up. <laughs> peace think, peace out, guys. <laughs> we've lost our producer already. Yeah, <laughs> he's going to smoke a cigarette. Some wine. Um, but, um, see you later, my <laughs> See you, mate. Oh, the producer's going as well. Yeah, we got no one left to assist us now. Um, yeah, so like Benny was talking to me a lot about like the whole, and he was just taught it from someone else, was just like to make a trail flow well, not build a flow trail, but build a trail that flows. Yeah. Was all about thinking about exit speeds. So like whether you're, if you're coming in fast to a corner and your exit speed's shit, it's just like what ruins the flow of the whole trail. You can have a gnarly rock garden and all that sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. as long as you can carry good exit speed out of that turn, mm-hmm. that's what makes a trail flow well and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you go down like a gnarly full line rock garden or something that you might get in a World Cup and it just goes into a 90 degree flat turn, it's going to feel pretty shit to yeah. ride just because that corner doesn't link it up with the rest. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be a, be a big burn. Maybe you just like don't go so far straight down the hill and you cut across the hill and make the turn wider. Like, mm. but yeah, yeah, there's plenty of stuff you can do. And it's just funny how some people, I don't know, when I work with some trail guys and I've seen how they like do things and you just kind of like, I just wonder, I'm like, how did you come up with that? How did you think that was going to work? And I know even, I won't say which track, but they were talking about a section and they're like, oh, there's all we could do with the hill and it's all we could do with yeah. this section of track. 
And I'm like, yeah, I understand that there's not that much fall and you've got to go over a certain um, length. But I'm like, why did you put two tight berms in before that? Why did you just have a straight and some rollers so you could build speed? I'm like, you had the option to do that. You didn't do it. Yeah. And now this bit sucks. I'm like, why aren't you thinking back here for, for down there? Like, it yeah. just didn't make sense to me because I'm like, you do these two turns and you lose all your speed and then you got to pedal along a flat where if you just yeah. came straight, you would have been hooking. You would have just carried speed the whole way through. I think I know exactly the section of trail you're think, talking about. I think, I think you do as well. <laughs> and I'm just like, you don't want to be a dick about it, but you're just like, like, what are you doing kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it, it, makes it tricky. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I can't shit talk it too much because I've still got so much fucking shit to learn as well. But yeah. But I feel like it, a, a lot of, um, like, builders and stuff, they just want more length, like, over yeah. a track. Like, they're like, I know they probably don't even agree with it themselves, but they're like, what do they all say? Yeah, like, we've got this many meters of trail and, like, sick it's all shit like i'd rather yeah. half the length and good track yeah for sure like so many people build tracks around here and like when they're obviously doing their proposal to councils or whatever they're like we'll give you this amount of meters of trails and whatnot and all that and they, people get all excited by that yeah but like they don't know like they're not going to say like oh we're going to put in these this many tabletops or this many berms or yeah. like we're going to put in like such and such that's like we're just going to put in lots of it I'm like, how do you know that's good? It's like, yeah. There's lots of, lots of road out there you can ride along. Don't want to ride along a fucking exactly. flat road. And it's, it's like hard getting it across to councils and all that sort of stuff that you're going to build these trails because they a lot of the time they don't ride bikes either. So then mm. all you've got to produce to them is numbers. So it's like, yeah, this is what we're going to do. Um, so, you know, trying to point across that, you know, we're going to build less trail, but it's going to be better quality and that's going to draw in more people. It's kind of hard to explain it to someone that, you know, doesn't understand mountain biking. Like, I had an old boss mm-hmm. that said, uh, when I quit landscaping to become a trail builder, he's like, oh, if I wasn't landscaping, that's what I'd do. That's it. He's like, it can't be that hard. You just cut a trail and down the hill. Yeah. Like, well, it doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, There's a lot more to it. So, trying to explain to someone the difference between building, like, a rough trail with heaps of meters and a trail that's going to flow nice and the jumps are all going to work or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> it's... It's hard to explain that to a lot of people, for sure. Yeah, and they don't get the whole fact that you've got to be, like, environmentally sound and everything and all yeah. that comes into it as well, which it's like yeah. you're always kind of fighting an uphill battle. And that's the that's the biggest thing when you're trying to get trails in is making sure that they're going to be environmentally friendly, they're going to be sustainable trails, and that's mm. the biggest hurdle in trail building, for sure. So that's one thing I try and do when I make tracks. Yeah. Like, maybe not legally, but, like, <laughs> that's the thing. I'm, like, I'm still trying to be mindful of that. So I'm, like if they do get found and people find them at least like I don't want to be the arsehole that's just cutting in the shit that's going to drain water and erode the hill and like yeah. that like you try and be smart about it and like make it look better anyway I feel like if you don't yeah. make like put effort into it put like enough effort to make it look half decent yeah but oh yeah, it's just, it, is a, it is a tricky one but I don't know I feel like where did they just put a whole heap of money into? War- Warburton. Warburton, yeah. It's got like millions of dollars or something. And I feel like everywhere it's just mountain biking is just like booming. It's crazy. Like I just, even on the car, every time I drive somewhere, I just see more bikes on cars. And I'm just like, that's a positive thing yeah. at least. Well, I've, I've just got back from Tassie as we were like talking about before. But um, Tassie is insane, man. Because there's only like 500,000 people down there. Mountain biking is going off. Yeah. And you see so many bikes on the back of cars down there. Like, it's ridiculous. And I don't know if it's just... I think it must be, like... I would like to see the numbers and see the numbers of people that ride in Tasmania per capita compared to the rest of the states. Yeah. Because it is a huge sport down there. And it's yeah. sick. And uh, it's cool to see it developing and everything like that. But well, They've just realized that they've got... like Because I know their tourism was already massive. And that's like... Because really, like... 
what are you going to go to Tasmania to do besides look around tourism yeah, and then ride a bike and stuff? Stay. But I know when I go there, like you get off the plane through the airport and then the first thing you see is all this stuff about mountain biking and yeah. Derby and Medina. But yeah, it's cool, man. Fucking, I know when I went there, all you see is caravans and push bikes and all the people super friendly, super laid back, it's cooler weather in summer, probably a bit cold in winter, but yeah, like it's, a, yeah, I do like going there. I think I'm going to do a trip. I know what I see. That's what I mean. Cause I'm like, it's kind of hard because I'm like Europe literally this year I think I spent five days of winter at home like I was back for five days before that I was like in Europe in Bali then in Cat. like I'm just always away so I kind of get back and I'm home and I'm like I want to stay home I want to do stuff at home and then I'm home for a little bit I'm like fuck I could go somewhere I could do yeah. something else but it's just I don't know it's, it is it is a hard thing because I don't know there's a lot of people you want to see at home there's a lot of things you want to do at home but at the same time, there's so many other things. I was like, yeah. always say I'm like, there's too much, like too much to do almost. But yeah. You kind of want to settle a bit. Yeah. Another thing is I want to break from riding for a little bit, but already now, like I'm really like, I could ride a bike again. I wouldn't even yeah. be bummed. I think I'm probably, um, I know I'm probably going to start soon anyway. Because yeah. normally I start until like Jan 1st, but I think this year I'm just, I don't know. Just ready to ride. Yeah. We went for a ride on my brother's bucks party and, um, I just kind of I went I went into it with like not a negative outlook but I was like oh I've got to go riding I've just been doing yeah. this for whatever long and I read this new track um, at Lake's Entrance and I just remember having like the time of my life I'm like this is so fun and I was like with all the like with eight other people and I always ride by myself so I'm like just the fact I was riding with other people I was like this is sick and just like had a good time I remember afterwards I was like generally surprised how much fun I had and I was like okay this is why I ride bikes this is why yeah, I enjoy this sure. and I was like it's just funny that it's just like you think you don't like it because you do it, do it so much, but then realize, yeah. okay, this is actually something that like you lose that thing. Like you used to ride bikes because it was the funnest thing ever, and then when you do it all the time, you kind of like feel like you have to do it. Yeah. And you kind of mind plays this trick on you where it thinks you don't like it, but I'm like, this like I'm better at nothing else. So why wouldn't I like yeah. like, like it? But it is it is a strange thing because I was even telling um, someone today. It's funny how like when I got home from the off season, like I just started like drinking and eating shit and I was like sleeping in and all this stuff and then it just made me feel shit I was like I didn't feel good I felt like I was like straight away putting on weight like I was just eating like Krispy Kreme donuts for breakfast and shit and drinking like two bottles of wine a day and I was like the bottle oh, yeah, yeah we're still in the wine I'm not too bummed on the wine I'll just cut back on the Krispy Kreme donuts but um it's just funny how your body works and your body thinks um your mind works and it thinks like you, you want to do all this stuff but in like in reality it's not good for you and it doesn't make you feel good like yeah. when, like, like when I was training properly like I'd train every day and get up at 5am go go get be fit and then eat healthy and all that I was like I'd feel good and it's just like obviously you're going to feel good because you feel healthy you feel fit you're eating the right food you got energy all this stuff and then you think oh, I don't want to do that like I don't want to get up early and I don't want to go to the gym and like all this stuff you t- your brain tells you that you think you don't want to do but your body likes it and I'm like why Like, why do we think like that because then when I get home I'm like oh, I'm going to sleep in I'm going to eat shit I'm going to drink yeah. I'm going to do this and you're like yeah that's what you want to do and then you do it and you feel terrible and I'm like why the fuck is my brain telling me these lies yeah. and I was just like you need to it was weird I was like even when I got up early everyone was like oh no that like why get up at 5am or why get up at 4.30 and do that and it's like you actually feel so much better if you do like just just do it and see yeah. and then you'll know but when you sleep in you just feel tired and uh, I don't know just, yeah. it's just it's just a weird thing well I noticed that I noticed that myself I'm not like the healthiest clean eater or you know putting good things in my body or the fitness side of things but 
yeah, mornings for sure. And I do notice it with food and all that sort of stuff as well. And oh, looking after my body. But yeah, getting up in the mornings is like one thing. Like just forcing yourself to get up early first thing and then just going rather than like sleeping in and you think you're just catching up on sleep but it's it's not nah. you feel so much worse and like for so long I've kind of changed my eating habits a bit now but like for so long I used to get up nice and early and I'd cook like a bacon and egg or whatever kind of fancy breakfast in the morning and that was back when I was like laboring so I'd burn that off pretty quick and after about a year of going back into the excavator I realized that I couldn't keep eating bacon and eggs for breakfast every morning yeah, I'm yeah. not doing any physical activity yeah but um, just getting up early in the morning and having my brain ticking over for an hour yeah. before I'm like into my day of, you know, at work and all that sort of stuff. And that's, you know, something simple. Like that's not, you know, I feel, I feel like I'd probably feel a lot better if I did go to gym, go to the gym or do exercise like that first thing in the morning because you do feel so much more alive and awake after that oh, first dude. workout yeah. first thing in the morning. It's good. Dude, I just get up and go for a run and like I love when you get back from a run and then you like make breakfast and then you like just check it like just get ahead top of everything yeah and then it's before you would even normally w- w- wake up and it just feels like it's all a bonus yeah. it's like okay I've done all this and now I'd normally get up now and you're like so that's just all extra it's yeah. like when you do a heap of shit really like early in the day and you almost cover everything you had to do during the day and yeah. it's like you've got a bonus like day it's kind of so thing good. and then you feel good because of that and you just like just keep going yeah I actually I had that recently <laughs> Because it was probably a weekend I didn't drink, so I was actually up at a reasonable time. Mm. So I was like up at my uh, usual work time, which is like 5 a.m. on a Saturday morning or something like that. And I can't remember what I did off the top of my head, but I was like flat out from like 5 a.m. till 10 a.m. Mm. And then I was like, I had the rest of the day, and I was like, I've got, I've got nothing on, and I have a whole day like set just because I've got so much done on the weekend, and it was fucking sick. But um. Yeah, it just gives you that little bit more of an energy boost if you just get it started first up. What else gives you an energy boost <laughs> besides red wine? Uh, energy no, boost. No, no, no. But I, oh, I feel like we're definitely waking up people in the house, by the way. Anyone listening to the podcast? It is, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have two housemates. It's 11.30 and 11 p.m. and uh, they have work tomorrow, so they're probably going to hate us, but we're going to solve you through. Yeah, so this is, yeah, what's time? 11.30? No, it's uh, almost 11 o'clock. Almost 11 o'clock, and it's uh, it's a Sunday night. Because Jai has to, when are you going back to Melbourne tomorrow? Yeah, I'll go back tomorrow morning. And then when's when's the flight? When's New Zealand? 9 o'clock Thursday morning. Oh, you've got ages. Yeah, but I've got I've got so much stuff. You've got to pack your life together. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. Yeah. I'm building up a new bike at the moment. And uh, that's, it's not an easy task when you don't really know what you're doing. It's yeah, but you have difficult. lots of bike shop friends, don't you? Yeah, the guys at uh, Yarra Valley Cycles helping me out. I feel like uh, his <laughs> na- name, drop, name drop heavy there. Um, <laughs> might just cut that out. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Yarra Valley Cycles is actually good to me. They gave me a cheap uh, cheap deal on a chain ring when I was uh, actually 12 years old. I think they were the first bike shop to actually give me like some kind of discount deal or something I was like oh this is so cool they've been around for so long since before I was riding bikes and they were what got me into it I know I I find it like I just wonder how they kind of I don't want to like blow my own own horn but how like they view me because they would I don't know if they remember me but they would have known me since I was a a 12 year old kid coming to their like stand being like hey can you give me a hand with like putting a chain ring on my bike and then obviously gone through the whole Vic Series and then Nationals and then now World Cups. And I'm like, 
I don't know, for me, obviously, like, I would view my life differently to how they would view mine, but it's just, like, that must be kind of cool that, like, they've seen this young kid come up and, like, go all the way through all yeah. the Vic series and stuff and then still be racing it and still be, like, a part of all this. And I was like, that's, that's because I always looked at, when I was younger, I looked up at people that just raced the Vic series. Yeah. And, like, they might have tried to race at World Cup and got whatever. And then I just find it crazy now because, like, I've raced World Cups and got podiums and I'm like, how did like how did kids look at me like how did, yeah. if I I remember how much I idolized people that weren't even qualifying at World Cups let alone being like right there so it's <clears> definitely <throat> yeah it's a weird thing but well Alex Alex Swan who's part owner of the bike shop now mm. because Alex and Ash both bought this shop off their parents so he went and chased like worlds and all that sort of stuff mm. and did all the World Cup races and I definitely looked up to him hard back when we were in juniors because it was like a good stage where he was like leading the state series, mm. you know, for probably two or three years or something like that. Yeah. He was our fastest rider in Victoria. And it's insane to like watch him ride and stuff like that. And I know that he's listening to your podcast and everything as well because we were having a chat about it the other day in the yeah. shop. And uh, your, um, your story came up with Stevie Smith at... Um, at the... At, uh, where is it? Um the place we don't talk about in Milan yeah yeah yeah. that story came up and they were just they they fucking lost it it was yeah it was a funny time oh. but yeah so so that's the side of you that they love <laughs> that's the thing that's the thing I need to like one thing on this podcast the one thing I like about it the most is like I'm people that probably don't know me that well or they know me through like Instagram or Facebook or like whatever like you don't like that's like you don't know me like no. I you can't actually you can't get across to someone who you are in three words on an Instagram post and, yeah. a, and a picture or something like unless you're doing interviews even in interviews kind of like I feel like it's different to a podcast not so personal you got a camera in your face and you got a quick question yeah. and it's like you could not be yourself you could put something on but I'm like when I have this podcast when I talk on it I'm like that's me that's how I yeah. am that's how I'm going to be and I feel like if you're doing yourself like being yourself and people realize that and they like want to hear that like people just don't want to hear someone just bullshitting on and like yeah. telling him lies like i'm always like at the point where i'm like fuck it i'm just gonna say what i think and if you don't like it fucking listen to something else or like if you do like it that's good you like me go on kind of thing so yeah. well it's, it's so like so many people are fake and they're just like they just put this persona out that there's someone they're not and i'm just like how do you expect to become good at that if you've got to pretend the whole time where yeah. i'm like and I know it is a big thing where you're trying to like impress someone or like be a certain way you think an industry wants you to be or how people want you to be or blah 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 but it's like fuck just do you and people like that and if they don't like it fuck them yeah. <laughs> like really, really like really well the one thing I definitely wanted to touch on was like that that Instagram thing that you said before I um I said to an ex-girlfriend of mine one time um because she was a little bit upset that I hadn't posted that many photos of us on Instagram or whatever <laughs> And I was like, well, honestly, that my Instagram is basically like a catalogue. I was like, everything that I post is for sale. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, I'm a walking billboard. It's just like photos for people to purchase things Dude, that's online. What, and all that sort of that's, stuff. What, that's what Amory said it so good to me once. He's like, we're a, like, we're a shop. Yeah, and, exactly. And like what you've got to sell, like you're selling stuff. You're selling yourself. Yeah. And it's just like, if you put shit out there that's interesting and you put shit out there that gets people talking they want that they want to buy that if you just go oh this and just like think about everyone thinks they've got to be this certain perfect way and all this shit and it's just like no it's fucking boring like like you look at someone people want to be excited people want to be excited they want to be guessing they want to be all this and they want to see someone that's like not the same as everyone else like that's what people want in like 
a good way though like it's a good thing to be like different kind of thing and i don't think people get that and people especially i think a lot of young riders coming up think they've got to meet this certain thing like these certain expectations or this certain image and and like a lot of it is set by like instagram and social media and all that and it's just a little bit of wank factor like i talked to someone all these kids are like i want a sponsor i want a sponsor i want a sponsor it's like he's sponsored by this he's sponsored by that and like kids always say oh but he like I don't know I was the same so it's it's hard to like yeah. to say that it's like they've got they've got to look at it a different way but I'm like imagine if you went to a race and like there was a kid there that was sponsored by like Giant or something and you rocked up and you were just some kid that was sponsored by his mum and dad or whatever you'd be like oh and you'd I'd like be like that kid's yeah. fine and like it'd be such a big deal it's just the kit that they're wearing oh, as simple it's so, as that it's, oh man it's nothing and that's the thing it's like you shouldn't be worried about you should be worried about making yourself better and how to make yourself better yeah. and then if you do that and have fun enjoy it and all that then a sponsor will come but that's not the thing you aim for you aim for enjoying it and then pushing yourself and improving yourself and all that because all this shit's going to come if you're winning everything and you're doing your best it'll all come but if you're yeah. the one like saying this guy's got this and he's got that and chasing after like a sponsor instead of chasing out after what's best for you it's never going to work and even if it does work have you really done it in the right way like have you got there chasing what you think you want yeah so it's like if you oh, it's like, yeah if you if you just do it because you love it and then you are passionate about it, put everything into it like it will come all that other shit will come and that's a lot of things kids don't realize i don't think a lot of kids i talk to now younger kids i just hate the thing where kids like you're sponsored by this and i'm like fuck like they're just giving him some free fucking goggles and stuff it's like he's not that exciting and he might know someone that knows someone and all this and it's like it's all just a bit of wang factor really oh for sure and um one thing that like kids need to understand as well is like um if you are a really talented writer and you're asking for sponsorship or whatever you may not be getting what you're worth at the same time as well because you're just um how do I put this into the right words so if you're just getting given product and all that sort of stuff yeah then you are advertising that product for free for one yeah. so don't go chasing sponsorships and all that sort of stuff I think if you just ride for yourself at your own limit mm. and you start to produce res- results and stuff like that and you knock back if someone decides to start offering you things mm. and you knock back the stuff that you don't think is what you really want to represent or whatever yeah. whatever that may be, whether it's big-time sponsorships or whether it's small-time stuff, only you know, work with the stuff that you feel comfortable working yeah. with. And um, you just let your results do the talking and your pers- personality do the talking because yeah. in this day and age, it's like more than, more than about results. It's about mm. personality, what kind of a kind person you are especially at the races and being approachable and being good at having a conversation yeah Um, that's a big thing a lot of people like think it's just all results based it's like if you can't talk to people you can't communicate like that's such a big thing now it's like if you can't get across to people and like a lot of people I swear in um, in motocross as well I've noticed when I've gone to races that a lot of young kids kind of get taken out they get homeschooled and they get put in race situations and then it's like they've never really lived a proper life and then they find it really hard to like communicate with people and like I'm not saying it's their fault or anything but I'm saying like if they worked maybe on like communication with people and all that instead of just being like dragged into this like race situation and like certain other things they might be better at everything on the whole yeah because you think I don't know I just look at with um 
like your mental health and everything with like going into a race if you've been put in this situation where it's like that's it but then you've got so much pressure and it might stress you out and all these other things but if you get put in and you've kind of had a bit more of a normal life and then you get put in that situation it's not so much like this is everything it's like you've got other things so you're not you're not so stressed out on one thing and you've got other like outlets to like let your energy put put your energy into other things as well so it's not like so all or nothing kind of thing or all your eggs in one basket like you've got some other things but I know I just noticed that a lot with motocross with kids kids in that and even in downhill some of it like some kids get pushed in and kind of get it all thrown onto them and then I think they just they're hard to deal with the pressure like I know I know when I was coming up through juniors and stuff like they had some um, some parents you see at the races and they're just like down their kids throat and just like they're just like they're definitely living through their kids and I'm just looking at that and I was like I just, oh, I just couldn't imagine if someone was down my throat telling me I need to win or can't, need yeah. to, I would hate it. I'd be like, I want to win because I want to win. And if I don't, I'm going to be pissed off at myself. But if anyone else is, I'd tell them to fuck off. Like, I'd yeah. be so <laughs> angry. Like, if people tell me, like, I'm on a wrong line or something, I'd get annoyed or tell me I'm doing something. What is... Oh, my God. So, uh, if anyone's <laughs> listening, someone's... <laughs> someone's cut into her Bluetooth and started playing porn on her. <laughs> I heard it turn on, but I didn't think much of it. Um, turned it off now. Uh, whoever that was, I don't know, they can probably hear us. That, that's actually amazing. That's actually... That couldn't have been um, staged any better. So I think one of my housemates has uh, just decided to have a bit of a fling in his bedroom, probably because we're keeping him awake with the podcast. That's definitely... That was definitely Matt. <laughs> that's definitely Matt. <laughs> Well, I don't think Sally started watching porn at 11.30 at night, and that's the only other person in the house, so... Is Jake not here? Yeah, but he's in the room with... The, yeah, so I don't think they're going to be watching it together. No, do it together. I don't think so, and that's Matt's speaker, so I think all roads lead to Matt. Um, so, yeah, just to break up that interview, that's that that just happened. So we've had our... We're even on. Ron, kids, and sponsorship, and how they just... just oh, yeah, stop parents, racing, uh, kids, like kids, kids too hard. But they do. It's a, it's a gnarly thing. It's like even like any sport. I feel like it could be soccer, netball, whatever. If your parents are down your throat, it just adds such a big element of like expectations and like everyone's a fun. Oh, it just it kills it, man. It's just like because this is the thing. If you're not doing it because you want to do it, if you don't have this little voice in your head that tells you I want to get up because I want to be better or I want to go faster because I want to yeah. do this, if you don't have that, you're never gonna be the best at it because you're never going to have like that's the little thing like when you see people that are doing well and then people that are like doing really well it's that little voice in the head yeah. that's like I need to do this because I want to be better or I need to do that and it's it's like a thing that you never turn off it's always yeah. a thing that go, is going in your mind well we've got we've got this kid um, back like where I grew up sort of thing so he's like around Lillardale Victoria somewhere um, I'm not going to mention his name for the same reason that we you know we don't want to push or anything like that yeah. but he's I think he's 11 years old and he is an absolute pinner and like we kind of like discussed it privately we're like you know he's got a lot of talent there like yeah. he's he's gonna go far if he wants it and everyone else is like you know when we're having this conversation like yep but just leave it and just like let him have fun with his yeah, bike and it. that is cool to see that like you know even I was just because I was just looking at it and I was like fuck he is good like mm. he's gonna go far and then someone's just like just let him figure it out. Yeah, if he wants to do it, he can do it. I hate it. But don't tell him yeah. that he's really good at it and that he needs to do something about it. Yeah. Just let him work out whether that's what he wants to do or yeah. not. He'll understand if he's fast or not. Yeah. He can see the results. 
But this is the thing. It's like I feel like if someone asks for help, always give it to them, but never, yeah. never like never force it upon them. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like even this kid he might be really good, but he might want to do something else. And I feel like like it's his decisions. Like help where he wants to, but this is like. I always get back to this, but that Ollie Davis kid that I helped, yeah, yeah, yeah. he, um, I was on this fine line between like, I want to help him and I want to push him, but then I don't want to put too much pressure on him and I don't yeah. want to be like, oh, you've got to do this and all that. And this is the thing I, I told him, I told him when I've talked to him about his riding and he said at one point, he's like, oh, I just didn't feel like riding that much. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. And he's, I'm just like, he's like, oh, I don't care if I don't. I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, you could quit tomorrow and I would not feel, I'd be like, that's what you want to do. Yeah. Like you could, I, I would not care if you wanted to go play tennis tomorrow and not ride bikes anymore. It's your life. I'm yeah. not going to control what you do because I have, I've helped you out to this point. I'm like, if you want to do something else, that's your life. I'm exactly. not. I'm not going to control that. I don't think anyone should. And then so parents, parents think they have the um, the power to control what their kids do or pressure them into it. And like a mother or father's opinions and pressure is more than you're going to get from anyone else. Like you think about anyone else that would could push you or could you change your mind or could make you view things in certain ways. Like no one else is going to be even close to your your parents. Yeah. So if like if they're pushing you down a certain direction and you like might not want to do it, but then you're on that fence of like which way do I fall here? It's just like it's a slippery slope and it just end, it just ends badly for everyone, I think. Yeah. And like you look at these moto people, like professional moto guys and they just don't talk to their parents anymore. Like they yeah. like you look at I like the Villa Poto and I think there's a few other examples where like they you see their parents just push them so hard and yeah it's just like is it worth it is it worth doing that it's worth being good at something so you lose like lose your family literally and yeah. it's like not something I really would want to fall into but I was lucky enough where my parents supported me with everything like they'd take me to races they would um, they would help pay for like travel and all that and do everything but they never ever said like you've got to do well and never push me into it if I ever asked for help with something they would always help me with it but they would never they'd never be like you've got to do this or you've got to do that or you're not training right or you've got to do that like they would make it everything I want to do easier I guess but they would never never, and I I made the same thing if if tomorrow I said fuck I don't want to race downhill anymore I'm sick of going away or whatever I think they'd be like okay yeah like I don't think they'd be like oh you sure or whatever be like it's my choice my life I can go do something else whatever which well, I, we we saw that like back in juniors with one of the guys that was racing with us that had like the pressure put on him. I don't know if we should mention names or no. Nah, drop a name, fuck it. <laughs> Trent. Yeah, I thought that was really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, but do you think like do you, do you really enjoy like I don't think that's the thing like I think he kind of liked it but he had this thing where he's like you have to be better. Even in an interview with my brother, yeah, he had in the interview he's like got to beat Dean, want to beat Dean, and he like built this thing up in his head where it was like. I've just got to beat that one person. I'm like, that's fucking, like, that's mentally draining, just wanting yeah. to beat someone. Like, imagine if I went to a World Cup and just said, oh, I've got to beat Aaron Gwynn or I've got to beat True Bros and yeah. oh, I've got to beat someone. It's like, why focus all your energy on one person? Why would you focus energy on, like, okay, I'm not as good in rock gardens or I'm not as good at pedaling. I'm yeah. not as good as that. Focus all your energy into that and that will help you do that. But you can't put energy into one person. It's just like, Oh, it doesn't it doesn't work it's like not, you're not trying to beat that person you're trying to make yourself better and people need yeah. to like understand that that that's like well, he, had a, he had a wild um, competitive nature and also like fair bit of OCD going on that we always used to fuck around with at the top of the <laughs> yeah. at the top of the race like waiting for him 
he was the only one that was like doing stretches and warm-ups before the events and yeah. we started calling it um trans aerobic classes prior to yeah. dropping in and you definitely can't like put your hands on his handlebars and like touch his brakes yeah, you can't do anything but I'm like, I'm like if you're in that kind of situation and you're I just can't see you enjoying it. Like, I just didn't see him, like, I'm sure he did have a bit of fun doing it, but I swear, like, if he just didn't stress about all that, he probably would have done better. Yeah. Well, it was funny, because, like, Trent and I grew up, grew up together. We went to that same high school and all that sort of stuff. And um, he did love bikes, and it was sick, but he's just got a proper, like, obsessive-compulsive disorder where if he's going into something, it's got to be 100% effort. And I watched him go get hooked on like gaming and all that yeah. stuff as well and I like came into his house middle of the day and just like he had gone to the effort of like making sure the room was comp- properly blacked out he had done mods to his controller to make sure that he was like better like he had yeah, the best yeah, setup yeah, and that was just Clint uh, that was just Trent he had to like go in 100% and it was like you know and then he moved on from that and became like pretty heavily involved in gym and now he's doing cycle cross yeah. uh, which is like interesting to see but like it's chopping <laughs> chopping and changing yeah, yeah all over the shop but um I, I always find it funny with that because I'm like <clears throat> like Trent obviously I think he beat me maybe a couple races or something but like he wasn't far off like if I did beat him he wasn't far off like he was yeah. always like competitive guy he was there and I always think about it like what happened where would he be if he just stuck with it and yeah. try to like go further because I always think about it. So I used to race a kid do you remember James Carter yeah so we used to race when we were what under 15s up to I think under 19s or something but yeah. I remember when I first started racing him he just beat me every race for the first I don't know three years of our lives he beat me every single race if I if, if I got every race like he would always win I'd get second third whatever but he'd always be ahead of me every race and I just remember just like like what do I do? How do I get far? Like how do I beat this guy? How do I go faster? Well, that was that was actually what I was going to say when you were like you know Trent wanting to beat you and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I do remember in juniors you wanting to beat James Carr because he was at the top. Yeah. So it was like yeah, it was a little bit of a thing. But yeah, I, re- I definitely remember that. I spoke about it on that podcast. I remember the name. It was Beyond the Tape. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there we go. There we go. We got him in there. But um, but yeah, I remember that for sure because James. James was so much faster than all of us. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was. He was. I think he was winning. Like when he was in seventeens, he was winning nineteens. Like his times were the fastest. Yeah, and he was definitely one of those perfect people you put in your mind. You're like, I've got to beat him. I've got to beat him. Yeah. But now looking back, I'm like, I should just you just go and have fun and like race or whatever. But I remember. But that competitive nature is like what's built. Yeah, what, what is built. But now. I always think now I'm like, fuck. Like James Carter made me. He put me where I am now. Like he yeah. made me th- see that. Like when I thought. I couldn't get better like he was still better like when I thought that was my best he'd still be even like there's better like it's you keep going and I just thought it was cool because it took me probably three and a half years maybe more before I beat him like that yeah. long and just getting beaten week in week out and just like trying everything get beaten I remember when I did beat him it was like it was just like this feeling like I've like I've done like I started training like I started training differently I started doing different things like I did things and I'm like they work that's what yeah. you need to do but and then it was funny because no disrespect for James but I started beating him and then he kind of started to drop off a bit and then he ended up just stopped racing like it didn't take him long and I'm just like for people that just start off winning their whole lives when they're younger that when they start losing I don't think they understand how to deal with it in a way he did have chronic fatigue though I didn't know about that yeah (laughs) I I learned about that too 
Dude, that's a crazy story because I would have liked to have seen what he could have done. Like because he was yeah. When did he get that? He had that forever. So he used to only race, like only ride on Sundays because he couldn't do two days of riding. Really? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. Like, like a genius. No, 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 it's okay. But like I remember, yeah, I remember that. So he struggled pretty hard with that, and he could only do like one day of racing. But someone like that, it would be insane to see. Oh, dude, I always, I, I always just wonder where they'd be at because I'm like, so many people I've raced against, which I'm like. You used to smoke me, and I'm like, if you smoke me, then you could probably smoke me like now, or be at least on the same level. If you like, if you could do it, then I'm sure you could figure out ways to do it now. Yeah. Like that's the thing. I'm like, well, like, look at look at Aiden Wilder, man. Yeah, he just fuck it, he, he just faded off into the distance. Hey, For he was doesn't know. He was he, flat out. He was the next big thing. He was like him and Troy were like coming. Yeah. Up, like look at Troy Brosnan. He he beat Troy in the overall when they were racing in juniors together yeah. so it was Aiden Weiber number one Troy Brosnan number two and was then Brandon Idiaho or something no not that year no that was Ben Barrett oh Ben Barrett Ben Barrett oh, was yeah. number three Brandon was in when I was racing I think Brandon and I were the same age yeah I think so or well, he might have been a year older than me around the same thing but yeah. like look at that like look where Troy is now do you reckon Aiden looks at that and being like hey fuck I could have done that yeah. that's dude that's what I'm glad I'm like like I leave, had a fucking crack. Yeah, like I, I went out and did. I'm not going to be at home watching like Red Bull TV being like, hey, fuck me. Like I, I, I could be with those guys or whatever. Like I put in everything, went and did it. But that is crazy to think like I reckon he'd probably have to see it and be like, I don't want to be the guy at the pub saying, oh, yeah, I used to beat Troy Brosnan and he's number yeah. two in the world now or whatever. Like I'd want to be the one that's being like, I'm there, I'm going to beat Troy Brosnan yeah. kind of thing. But. Well, the fucking craziest thing is that he beat Troy in an overall too. And you look at Troy's consistency as a rider. Oh, dude. And you had Aiden Weimer that was faster than him on the overall. Like, yeah. fuck, where would he have been? Yeah. Oh, but shit. The, how, how many people out there, like, how many people out there is like, I wonder what he could have been. Imagine someone like that just not even really got into racing that much but just started riding and then just thought nah this is too hard and got out but like where could you have gone like how far could you go if you had like that personality that enthusiasm that whatever but you're just like oh no it's not for me or something like there's yeah. so many people but like for Aiden it's like yeah because he went to I think I remember he went to St. Anne or something for Worlds and I think yeah. he broke his wrist or something yeah. like that and it's just like that little like it can, oh dude I just, it just always, threw it away for him he was just like I know oh, well, but dude, I've had I've had points in time where like I've had broken wrists and broken heels and I've been injured and my results are shitty and I've like been like no nah, it's not for me I'm done I'm out I'm gonna do something else like it's been close sometimes and I just think back now for how like good it is now I'm just like I'm so fucking glad that I got through that and just like looked at the grass and the grass being green on the other side or whatever and just been like no nah, this is this is it this is good and I'm glad I pushed through it I'm glad I had a lot of like supportive people and sponsors that helped me through it but dude it doesn't like it doesn't take a lot for your mind to go into a bad place and and not want to kind of like get out of it you just want to be in this like fuck everyone kind of mindset but then when you get through it and then you get to this point it's like okay I'm really fucking happy I didn't give up on that because yeah like really when you break it down it wasn't that hard like people go through a lot harder shit in their lives and having a broken wrist and having to travel and and like it's the grand scheme of things it's not it's really hard but at the same time it's not that hard yeah. people got to deal with a lot harder shit but there's a lot of stress involved in it and there's a lot of time away from home and there's a lot of things that do make it hard but the grand scheme of things it's fucking easy like it, we have a good life like right now um i'm in my off season 
and literally don't really have to do anything like don't have to go race don't have to really go to events nothing like i can just do you do you have anything that you have to do like as far as like contracts go and all that sort of stuff with your instagram and like keeping it going with social media posts and stuff like that do you just keep it going off your own back or is it in your contract that you have to have like x amount of posts coming out no it's all up to me that's the thing and if you wanted to switch off at like the end of the season you could that's kind of what i'm doing now like i haven't really been on instagram that much and even like with the podcast i've been i haven't sorry to anyone listening but i haven't been doing it that much because i just wanted to fucking stop for a bit hey like I do like doing it, but at the same time, I'm like, I've been doing it, for, like I've been doing it all year, and I've been like, not forced to do it, but it's part of the job. So then, when I get a chance to just be like, hey, I want to go drink some wine and see my friends at home, and go like hang out and meet new people and do all this stuff, I'm just, I want to do that. I want to go like look around. I just brought a van. I want to go travel up the coast and see people. Like, I kind of just want to live life outside of bike riding because I feel like people get put into this thing where bike riding is a whole life, and that's all I've got. Yeah, and like as fun as it is and as much as I love it like fuck I want to do other things I want to see other people I want to meet new people I want to have new experiences I want to try new things and it's like I feel like I don't want to be stuck in this like oh Dean Lucas you're a bike rider you ride bikes that's all you do like I want to be like Dean Lucas I do this I do that I do everything like right now I'm playing my 24th and I'm trying to like learn how to become a DJ and I'm like organizing everything I'm trying to get these people here and then afterwards I want to go up the coast and I want to surf and I want to get my motorbike license and I want to ride around and I want to see more of Australia and it's just all these things and I want to go to Tasmania and I want to go to New Zealand like dude life there's there's a lot of shit you can do in this life and I'm like if you just get stuck in one kind of rut or one kind of groove whatever it's like not that exciting so I'm like I just want to do heaps of shit and then I feel like it's like with Instagram it's like you've got to put everything up on there and everyone wants to see what you're doing what you're doing it's like sometimes I just want to just shut off hey like I know people don't need to know what I'm doing all the time like it's not that exciting like I do some exciting stuff sometimes but half the time I'm doing some just boring shit yeah and you only post the best stuff to Instagram anyway it's just the way it is you try and keep it yeah that's that's the best part but dude I always think when you go somewhere and you're seeing something like I remember I was um I was coming back over Mount Hotham from the Bucks party and I had this like amazing sunset with the snow and all this stuff. And I remember being in the car trying to take a photo and I was like, it was kind of shitty and all that. And I was like, why don't I just appreciate this for a second? Yeah. Why don't I just look at it and be like, this is fucking cool. I'm glad I can see this. Like why everything, everything's got to be this. This is cool. I want to show someone I'm doing something cool. I want them to think, hey, Dean lives a fucking cooler life than me. Or like, yeah. you're always trying to like one up everyone. And it's such a just wang factor, like my mind's better than yours kind of thing. And it's how we live now. And it's, oh, it's, I hate it. Like I literally hate it. Like I was talking to someone the other day that um, does, they manage Instagrams and stuff. And yeah. I'm just like, can you just manage mine? Because I'm so overlooking at it. Hey, like I, like you do it. And I am, I'm addicted to like my phone and Instagram. Yeah. And anyone that says they're not, it's just like, go a day without your phone. Oh no, I can't. I need it for work. I need it for this. And I was like, yeah. you're addicted it's like if you can't go a day without it like imagine saying that to someone that's on crack go a day without crack oh no I can't eat for work I need it for this and it's like especially when you see someone you're like oh like you're addicted to your phone oh I need it for work and then you go on their phone and like how much time do you spend on Instagram you go to like screen time and stuff yeah. and it's like 8 hours on Instagram 5 hours on Facebook 6 hours on games oh yeah I need it for work I'm like and half an hour on work related stuff yeah. you're like what like you're just lying to yourself like I know I'm addicted I'm open to about it because I know it's it's true but I'm like it's kind of hard now because like everyone is like you go out for dinner and you like put your phones in the middle 
and they're like everyone's like no I don't want to like not use my phone and and then they're like you're on your phone I'm like I'm on my phone because you're on your phone everyone's on their phone like we're all hooked but I don't want to be hooked I want to put it down I want to have a general serious conversation with you and actually see what's going on but man it's it's hard it's like I I don't like it I would be happy if like all their phones just like shut down for like I don't know how long it'd probably be annoying trying to like meet up with some people but god you'd probably actually live life better for a while like I used to love when I'd go out partying and my phone would die because then you'd just be like if I feel free in a way you'd be like oh, I don't have to worry about some ex-girlfriend texting me <laughs> or, so, or some person like worried about where I am you just live in the moment and you just do like you just doing you and I'm like I remember I'd it's love a bruise, it. Isn't it oh dude when you got no worries you got no concern like when I go to Europe like I don't get a sim card because I'm just like I don't want to go on my phone I want to experience where I am I'll be in Europe and it's kind of annoying when you're trying to organize podcasts and message people because it's really fucking hard but just the fact I remember we're in Morzine and I just remember going up this hill on um, Jason Marsh, shout out, um, gave me his little scooter to go for a ride. And I went up the hill and I remember I was just up there and I had no phone service, nothing. And I just remember went had dinner up there by myself with no phone service, nothing, sitting in the grass. I'm like, this is like fucking one of the best like days in my life, like one of memories or whatever. I'm just up in the French Swiss Alps or whatever by myself, no like no connection to the rest of the world. Did have my phone, just playing music, but like that's cool like in so many options you feel like so just like in this amazing place by yourself like no one to talk to nothing just like in that moment I'm like that's pretty cool in itself I'm like if you can do that more go for it like I'm definitely into that yeah um do you want to take a quick piss break um you can take a piss break (laughs) (laughs) and you're still good yeah, we're back now. We're back. <laughs> we never left. Yeah, we're back. For everyone else, it's, yeah, it's a quick break, but, but we're back. Um, one thing I did want to speak to you about, Dean. Yep. Hit me with it. You're now one of the top 10 fastest downhill athletes on the planet. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Are I'll... you going for a top nine next year? No, dude, I'm like, I'm, I just want, yeah, top, not top nine. I think like... <laughs> It's, it's crazy because even now like I'm top 10 but there's so many things I know I can do better like that's mm. the thing like every year I feel like I find things to improve on and even now this year where I'm like okay I know I'm there but it's even when I have like races where I do well but I know I can do better it's like oh if I did this I'd be better but it's just like it's, it's a lot of commitment like it's a lot of commitment it's like this balance I feel like I've got to have between living life to the fullest and enjoying myself a lot and then racing because it's like you could you could be like i'm sure everyone trains super hard and does everything super right and works really hard and whatnot but i feel like to be the best and to win you've got to kind of go beyond that Mm -hmm. but it's just kind of this balance between doing so much and then like i just don't want to be someone who misses out on a lot of good things in life to win a bike race to ride down a hill faster than anyone else like i love that I can do that but I also want to live a lot of normal life I guess you'd say and explore a lot and see a lot of the world and do a lot of these things where I don't want to be someone that's just all I do is wake up eat breathe sleep mountain biking that's all I do I want to be someone who does like I said before a lot of different things and exciting things so I was just like I guess that balance of doing those things and racing into it because like to be honest like in the off season now it's been what a few three weeks and i've been having so much fun and like meeting new people and partying and just like having a good time and i love it like i really generally enjoy it and when i'm in race season i don't get to experience that stuff and 
like it kind of kills me in a way because I'm like I want to experience this all the time but I can't and that's like a price I pay for being able to do it and it's, it's the thing that you do when you're young like for the general you know the general people and all that sort of stuff it's like the whole party and then just having a good time and just fucking you know living your life as a rat bag but it's not it's that's not, all the stuff that you do from the ages of like 16 to 25 yeah, but and it's, you're 24 24 now but it's not even like being a rat bag and partying and all that it's just like it's just going to see other countries and stuff yeah, because okay, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like I, I get this window of like when I've got to be in Europe and when I've got to be in Canada and when I've got to be in America and as exciting as all that sounds, like we see a lot of the same places and you don't get a whole lot of time to see more, which yeah. is kind of, which kind of sucks. And then at the same time, you might like, I like you go to the same country. So I might want to go see like Brazil or something. I have from September 12th or something or 10th of September through to like, I don't know, around the start of the year next year where yeah. I feel like I can, I can do that. And as it doesn't like, it doesn't affect my writing at all. But then after that, I feel like it starts to kind of cut in on my writing. Cause if I go there, I'll just be thinking to myself, I'll just be thinking, Oh, I'm not training properly or I'm not eating properly or I'm not in my proper routine. So you kind of can't go on a proper holiday, I guess you'd say like, it's yeah. just, and that's the thing. It's like, it's always on your mind, like between, I don't know how to change this or make myself think differently, but from the time between September to January, I just feel like that's free for all. Do what you want. Have a good time, blah, blah, blah. And then after that, I just can't shake the fact that I'm like, okay, this is preseason. You need to be serious. Yeah. So it's just hard to kind of, I guess, live a normal life from then on. And then from Jan 1st to the 10th of September, my brain is just always like, how can I do better? How can I change something like it's just constantly going and i think that in itself is like it's good like it's a good thing to have because you're constantly trying to improve yourself and how how you can make everything better but at the same time it's like just you want to turn that kind of voice off in your head in a way so it's like these battle you've got to find between like doing it because you still love it and doing it to make, I don't know. It's hard, I can't even. It's hard. To explain. It's hard. It's hard thing to explain. But it's just like it's all. You're always on. Like from from that time of, for me anyway. I just feel like I'm always on, and I'm always trying to find like how to get better. So it is a hard thing to to do in a way. But at the same time, it's like I know it's all for the best, and I it make it gives me a good life. And I've really been appreciating more this year, like what I get to do. Like in the past, I've always. I've gone away and I've always invested a lot of myself back home. Like, oh, I'm going to go home and I want to see this person. Oh, I want to just be at home and be in my own bed and blah, blah, blah. And I just always kind of was really homesick when I was away. And this year in particular, I went away and I was just like, I, I, I want to be away. I want to be over here. Like, there's nothing exciting going on at home. Like, it's middle of winter. It's cold where I am. Everyone's just doing the same yeah. old boring jobs. No one's doing anything good. Well, not, like, anything good, but no one's doing anything super exciting or super... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, like, literally traveling the world, racing mountain bikes, meeting these new people, going to these new places, and it's like... I'm like, that's pretty cool. And I'm going to look back at that when I'm older and be like, that was really fucking cool. So, like, enjoy it now and don't be so caught up back at home where, like, I'm going to end up back in Australia eventually and I'm going to end up missing what I'm doing now. So, I'm, like, just really trying to comprehend that. And it's funny, I hung out a lot with Greg Minard this year and in Morzine he was just, like, kind of talking to me about how how he's done it for so long and how he's enjoyed it and how I need to like look at it like that. And it was like that did sink in a lot, like a lot of the stuff he said. And I'm just like, okay, I need to like really appreciate what, because I do appreciate what I get to do, but it's just, I think now I just even, even more so because I have plenty of friends that 
back home and you just like they always tell me they hate their jobs and they want to change and all this and i'm just like just do it like if you hate it and like just like quit or do whatever and like go after what you want and like oh, i don't know what i want i'm just like just find like find something search for it look for it yeah. and like i'm always some the person's like i really like what i get to do and i love my life and i love my experiences i've got so i'm always trying to like help people to like find theirs kind of thing and a lot of people kind of don't want to find it or they're scared to find it like they have that fear of like oh if it doesn't work out or they don't want to do this or that and i'm just like well just try you'll know then yeah if you don't try you're not gonna know and you're gonna be in the same boat well i was like so my my outlook's been like different again which has been kind of like interesting um oh yeah well what no yeah no no yeah (laughs) yeah um but with the whole work thing and everything like that so i've got quite a lot of mates and stuff that like look at me and they go like you live the dream you're you know you're traveling around you're building mountain bike trails and all that sort of stuff and like that's fucking rad you get to see so many cool spots and i'm like well the difference is you guys have stability and it was like that was probably like the one thing that i was lacking from my job when i was like struggling to deal with like traveling and stuff all the time yeah um so i saw it from like that end where i was seeing the positives from what their jobs were compared to what my jobs were oh, and dude, i was like dude there's always grass is green on the other exactly. side exactly and i was like you know i was like hanging for the moment that i was going to get to like live in one spot for a while and be able to plan a weekend or mm. whatever and i got into one of my mates dan and tazzy josh um because he was just complaining about work and how much he hated it and this and that and i was like you know you just didn't have enough time to go and do things i was like man you have a, like just standard Monday to Friday job and you have every single weekend off and you know where you're going to be. I'm like, dude, just plan it. I'm like, you've got two cars. He's got a work car. He's got his own car. I'm like, just pack your other car on Thursday night, come straight home from work, get in the car and fucking go and do something. Mm. Because like, yeah, it's, it is pretty hard to like get into a job that you do love like every single moment of the day. Like, yeah, but dude, I don't feel like anyone's got like a job they love every second, second exactly. of the day. Like no, but, no one's got that. Cause even dude, you could be like, you could have, I don't know, the be, like the best job in the world, but it's also going to get repetitive no matter, yeah. what, no matter what it is. And there's going to be something in it that you don't like. And there's going to be something that niggles at you. And there's, that's life. Like we, we're, I don't know why, but like, even the best things we can get sick of. Like, it's the... Yeah. You want excitement. Even excitement. Like, I'm sure, like, fucking Dan Bolzerian, probably everyone looks at him and views him as, like, the oh. like the best man. But I'm sure he's got some issue in his life and something that, like, he wish we could be different. Yeah. Like, and that's, like, someone everyone would idolize and look up to and he's the man and all this stuff. But everyone's got something. No one, no one is perfect and no one has no issues and no wants and no desires that they can't fulfill, like... Imagine someone that gets that famous probably just wants to be, like go down the street and be normal. Like they they lost that and people don't even think about that. Like imagine something you just can go walk down the street and no one knows who you are. Imagine just you you've, you've lost that. You can't be seen in public. Like no. imagine that's like that in itself is like almost like being in prison but in a different sense, like opposite of prison. But like if you spin it like you you can't be anywhere, but then yeah. you can be you can't be everywhere. Like it's the same kind of thing in a weird way, but. I don't know, it's just people need to just be, like, happy in what they're doing and not worry so yeah. much about what someone else is doing. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's as, like, yeah, you want to try and find a job, a job that you're going to enjoy and all that sort of stuff and definitely keep looking for that. Um, but if you're, like, in the meantime and you're not enjoying where you're, where you're at and you want to try and get into a new job is fulfilling those weekends so that when you're working during the week, you're working towards something 
and you're excited so you get to work Monday obviously everyone fucking hates Mondays and it can be rough or whatever but like Tuesday, Wednesday you're thinking about what you've got planned for that weekend whether it's going out riding your bike or like heading on a road trip to check out a new location or something like that like you a lot of our jobs like in society are mundane and pretty boring and pretty fucking tough and it's like it's not always going to be like as good as just getting yourself into a sick exciting job that's you know got something fucking cool that you love every single day but if you can try and find a job like that go for it otherwise you need to keep yourself fucking happy and occupied and you need to make sure you're doing something good when you're outside of work yeah, but I think if, like, you can find something even... Dude, you could be, like, painting houses or fucking scrubbing toilets. But if you're, like, generally, like, content with doing that and happy with that, fucking do it. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's, like, it's, it doesn't really matter what you do as long as it's, like... And the thing is, people get this idea. It's, like, society thinks you need to do certain things or you need to have certain jobs or you need to be, like, a certain thing. But I'm, like, end of the day, if you're happy, fucking, you can do what you want. Like, really? Yeah. Like, that's the thing. And me now, I'm happy with what I do and, like like all this social media and all this other shit aside like fuck I don't really care what anyone else thinks like I'm I'm, I'm doing what I want to do so like fuck like why why, my best life yeah but like why would you know how to like it's just so funny we get judged and you get like you have all this anxiety and stuff towards other people that are probably in the exact same boat you are if not like doing worse so it's like yeah why worry about it but I don't know it is a hard thing to get across and it is a hard thing to like understand I guess for a lot of people so yeah what questions we got? I'm getting tired. I'm You're getting tired. You ready to call it? Well, it is 11:30 at night. We have been going for a while. Is there, like, is there some generic questions or something you want to answer before we, <clears throat> before we go? All right. all right, all right, all right, all right. Hit me with it so I can go to sleep and wake up. I'm gonna go for a run in the morning. For anyone who's wondering. <laughs> You're not going for a run. 100% going for a run. All right. So I've been here for about four or five days, and Dean Lucas has done nothing fitness orientated the I whole did. time I've been here. Um. Oh, we loaded hay bales into the back of your Yeah, we loaded, we loaded a lot of hay bales. That was one thing. Uh, no, I haven't, but that's because we had weddings and we had other things. And like I said before, I, I'm socializing and soaking up the off-season. Dude, I hate it, though. Like, I'm already not training like how I would normally, and I just don't feel good, eh? Like, I'm just like, I feel fat and, like, lazy, and I'm like, I want to do something. Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to go for a 10K run in the morning, see if I can beat my, my 10K record, and then probably go to the gym. And then, yeah, we'll go from there. I might get a tattoo tomorrow, maybe. Who knows? No, we were supposed to, I wanted to go get a tattoo as well. But have you booked yours in or not? No, I'm just going to go and see if they've got someone. If not, then I'll just book in there. Yeah. I'm not in any rush to get it, so we'll just see what happens. But Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to get Remy to do it. No, I'm, I'm I'm like Remy's all good with tattoos, but I just feel like if I want something on my body forever, it's going to be proper. I've, yeah. I've got a home job tattoo, didn't like it, want to get rid of it now. I'm like, next one's going to be a proper one. Well, the next one has been a proper one, but yeah. any from, any from now on are all proper. Well, I've got a Remy Morton tattoo on my leg. <laughs> you don't need to show me it. We're on a podcast. Yeah, no one, no no, one can well, see it. No, but basically, if anyone that's listening, it just says, I couldn't decide on a tattoo. And then yeah. it has flames above it. At least it's on your thigh and on your hand, so no yeah. one can really actually see it. Mine's yeah. open to the public. Yeah, mine definitely doesn't say intense factory rating. No, mine's just palm tree. <laughs> all right, hit me with this uh, question. Uh, all right, here we go. We've got a couple of questions. We've got sleep to do. All right. There's a few here. I'm going to hit you with my generic questions that I'm going to ask on all my podcasts. All right, go. We've got a speed round coming up. All right. What's been your biggest crash so far in your oh, mountain biking generic life? Generic ones. Oh, fuck. Uh, probably Fort William when I knocked myself out. 
when I, and that wasn't even my fault. My tire just decided to jump off the rim and smash my head into the ground. I was actually pretty good from it, but I think that that crash scared me the most. I'd probably mm-hmm. say my biggest like mentally like um, challenging challenging one because it was just one of those things where I was like I didn't do anything wrong yeah. I got my brain splattered into the ground and even now like I'd tell people because I got knocked out when I was at home just riding on the street and then I got knocked out then and it wasn't that far between and even now people t- like people um, they talk about things in the past and I just like I literally don't have memory of them and like yeah. that scares me the fact that I'm like I can't remember that and I should I normally would remember stuff like that and I was like what, what wires got shorted in that in knocking yourself out because you hear people in boxing they get punch drunk and they just don't remember anything and I'm yeah. like when that happened I was like okay this is a bit more serious than like if my riding my bike's going to affect my memory like how much is it going to affect me later in life and all yeah. that so dude that scared me a lot like that was like and it's just the fact that it happened like if I crashed because of my own fault like going too fast or doing something or blah 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 I'm kind of fine with it but when something happens out of my control it's just like I, I just I just that scares me more than anything else so that was yeah that was that was probably the biggest mental kind of crash I had yeah no that makes sense that's understandable I do remember you knocking yourself out in the street at home and you telling me about that one. yeah that one wasn't good either so it was just it was just <laughs> too close between each other to shut your lights off so it's just a bit scary but that's okay um what is your most recent goal and what are you doing to prepare for it? My most, my most recent goal... Like, what this, are you working on right now? Right now, honestly, don't for next year, I haven't really thought about too much of it. My goal before that was uh, two consecutive top 10s at a World Cup. That was my thing. And even in 2018, I had that. And in 2019, I had that as well. And I was like, fuck the podiums. Fuck, like, I wanted... My thing was top 10 in the overall to be protected and two top 10s for the year and I got yeah. both those at Snowshoe and I thought that was pretty cool I got I got a um, eighth at Lenzerheide and then no did I get a seventh you were telling the story bro I think I got seventh wait did I get seventh or eighth I got seventh anyway I think I got I think I got, <laughs> I think I got seventh and then I got a tenth at Snowshoe and I was just like just like because I'd always struggled with consistency so like to be consistent was just like that was a goal for me because I felt like I'd have like a really good race and maybe get like a podium or something and then afterwards I'd just blow up and I don't know just be out of the arse yeah I got 7th 7th at Lenzer Height and I got 10th at Snowshoe so like that was my goal and then that put me in the top 10 for the overall so it was just like two goals at once and I was just like okay sick perfect so I was pretty I was pretty happy to tick that off yeah no that's that's Ripper yeah what else we got tick those off tick those um, off tick those off alright what would you do if you weren't riding bikes? So not necessarily weren't riding bikes for a job, but if you didn't ride bikes at all, like that was not um, part of your life, delete, control of delete. Probably playing footy, probably yeah. drinking piss at the pub every weekend. Uh, yeah, probably wouldn't have seen as much of the world as I have, but I don't know, probably be a similar person, just I don't know, different group of friends yeah. and different, um, probably look at life, I'd say, probably be a bit more... Get into a trade like a, or something yeah, like get that, into a, Get into a trade, probably be a welder or something. I did some welding for dad, but yeah, just kind of live like a lot of other people live here, which is like not a bad thing, but yeah, I'd probably just have a different outlook on life and yeah. probably not be as positive as I am or as driven as I am, but at the same time, I'm just, I don't know, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to see where, where you would end up, but like, yeah. Not, Do you think you could have made it as a professional AFL player? 
Well, that's the thing. I think about it. I think about how I'm like pretty driven into what I do. And I did play football for a while. And I feel like maybe if I did that, that's what I put all my energy in. I probably maybe could have made it. I, I, I don't know. But I, I kind of think about that as well as like if I could be top 10 in the world at riding a bike, why couldn't I be? You don't even need to be top 10 in Australia to be yeah. on, on a professional football team. So I'm like, hell, if I can make it that narrow in a sport like that, I'm sure I could probably do the same in football. Even like, because how many teams are there in the AFL? Like 14 or something? Uh, there's 18 teams. Uh, 18 I to 18. I believe there was 16 originally. I think there's 18. Yeah, and I'm sure I, I know. I, there, yeah, so. I know a lot more people play football in Australia than probably race mountain bikes in Australia, but in the world, I'm sure a lot of people race mountain bikes. So it kind of, I don't know what the numbers yeah. are, but. I think if I put my mind to it, I probably could have at least maybe played some professional football or something. I don't know. I feel I feel like I'm that personality where I'm like, if I want to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to put everything into it. So, That's a good answer. I like that. Who knows? All right. Um, what was it like stepping into a studio for a podcast rather than a microphone? <laughs> and a shitty microphone. Well, seeing as the micro- the studio... <laughs> it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah, seeing as we've got one microphone and we're in my own house... <laughs> Um, I don't really know how to answer that question. I just feel like this is the same as what I always do. You've got garage band out. You've got some weird box that I don't have, but I feel like the quality is probably going to be pretty similar. So yeah, it feels the same. We had wine, though. That helped, I feel. Yeah, that was a good trait. That wasn't too bad, was it? I've been yeah, hooked on red wine lately, for anyone that's wondering. Um, <laughs> I discovered it at St. Anne for Worlds, and I haven't looked back since, and I've, I don't know how many bottles of Pinot Noir I've drunk, but definitely hooked on it. Um... Uh, I'm going to try and power through because... Power through, come on, we're yeah, going to get to bed. Yeah, we're going to get to bed, I get that. I So, honestly, guys, I didn't have any questions written down because I was like, Dino and I have known us yeah. for, like, yeah, I don't know, 12, 12 years or so. Yeah. And, um... It's been that long, shit it has. Yeah, something like that. So I didn't write anything and then Dean got into me. He's like, dude, you should probably write you always need, You always need some fallback questions. Well, honestly, how long have we been going? We haven't got any questions out yeah, until now. And Dean's like, can we please wrap this up? The wine's really helpful with that, but yeah, yeah go on. I, I, we're both talkative people. Like we are talkative <laughs> people. We do love a chat. Uh, right. What do you got? What do you got to finish it off? All right. Well, I'm going to try and pick these out. Pick them out. There's a couple that I did want to know. What do you want to know? What was the transition like going from state racing to a national level followed uh, by the World Cups did you struggle with a step up in competition um, what do you think helped I, I did I struggled a lot I struggled mentally more than anything and I remember it um, really noticed it because there was a thing where there was like a big series race at Mount Buller, and then the week after there was a national on the same track and I remember I won the Vic series and was like I don't know, I think I got third in the lead or something and beat all these people then I went to the national and I got fourth in juniors and would have got like eighth in it. Like I just, I know there was a few more people there, but there was like all these people I'd beat at the Vic race by like a fair amount beat me at the national. Yeah. And I couldn't understand because I was like, why can I beat them there on identical track, weekend apart, and then they could beat me? I just didn't understand why. But it's this whole mentality of like, at a Vic series race, I'd go there, I'd be so confident, and I'd just be like, I'm going to win this. Like I'm. I always win this. I'm going to win it again. I'd be so confident. Then I go to a national and I'd do that thing where I'd be like, oh, Connor's here or Troy's here or Sam Hill's here. And you kind of like be that unsure yourself and you're not sure and you don't like push yourself as much. And that, I feel like that's what people do at World Cups. Like you see people that smoke people at a, like a local race or a Vic race or like a national race and they go to a World Cup and they'll just be out the ass. And because their confidence gets put right down, it's like mm-hmm. imagine you're a kid about to go to school 
like you're nervous as hell you you reckon you're gonna be yourself like you reckon you can you can make friends as well as you could if you weren't like around people you knew or like in this good environment so i feel like a vic series was like a happy good environment i knew everyone i was comfortable yeah. and you go to nationals all these new people there and you're just like that nervous shy kid on the first day of school and you're not really sure how to approach it so that was yeah that was me for for a like pretty pretty long like I felt like my first few junior years I was definitely shouldn't have really I don't know I, I should have done better than I did and I remember me and Jack Moyer was so funny we were the last two selected on the world's team just oh real and we were, we were me me Jack and Connor were the only ones to qualify and I just remember so clearly we barely made the cut and then we were the ones that did the best and that's I was just, crazy and it was just a funny it was a funny thing but and look at it it's like now there's me, Connor, and Jack are still racing World Cups, and everyone else on that junior team has stopped. So I'm just like, yeah. don't don't think because you're at a certain point now, if you're a junior, that you can't you can't push past where you think you are or you think you can be. Well, because so I was racing juniors in that category the year before you were, and I'm the same age as Jack, and yeah. Jack didn't make the cut for the long team. Yeah, the same year that I was racing. And that was ludicrous because I was just like, I guess at that point, I didn't think too much of Jack. I knew he had a few injuries that season yeah. and whatever. And then he sort of just like, just did all right the next year in juniors yeah. at a national level. And then, yeah, I think, what was it, his first race? He qualified 44th or something like that? Yeah, that first, first World Cup at um, Montsenet, 44th. It was 44th. I was 61st and he was 44th. Yeah, it was insane. And, but it's just like, I don't know, it's just some some people, when, when, the, when it's go time they can step up and do it yeah i feel like that's what makes good races and look at it now like he's been he's been top 10 there we got seventh in 2017 he's had podiums like he made it happen but yeah it's just it's just a weird thing sometimes it takes takes your brain and your confidence a bit to kind of um to get to that next level but yeah definitely took me longer than i wish it did but we got there eventually i think we're there now like i got a world cup now and i feel like i could probably still be a bit more confident in myself but it's definitely you feel getting, a little bit more at home now. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, years. like I just, I'm just like it's just more of a family thing, and I know everyone, and I'm comfortable, and it's like, I, yeah. But it's still, I could definitely be more confident. Like I definitely know when I've been at races and I've been riding, I'm a bit timid and whatever. But if you just go out there and you just believe that, like I'm, like I'm the like you just if you just literally got to think to yourself, I'm the fastest person here, I'm going to win this race, and you ride like that and you're going to do well if you go there like oh he's look, he did this line and he did that you second guess everything even if someone if you're not on the right line or you're on the right line doesn't matter if you're not riding confident you're going to ride that line slower no matter what it is so yeah. if you go there truly believing that you are one of the fastest people in the world on that track and that you are going to be on that podium or going to be in that top 10 or whatever and you believe that like you'll do well like 100 percent. so might, i might come to the first world cup this year there you go there we go <laughs> Uh, I should I should give one a go one day because I still haven't done it. I had my points back in the day. I did I did bang it out a little bit because I didn't want to come over and just have a go at qualifying for a World Cup. Mm. It's not really my thing. I'd rather like competing something that I know I'm going to be competitive in. Yeah, but it could be fun to come and give it a go. Dude, give it a go. I bet you're not going to regret it when you're 60. Sitting no, in. Like, oh yeah, I had a crack at qualifying one time. <laughs> I still think it'd be cool. Like, who knows where that sport's going to go? Like, it keeps growing. It gets bigger and bigger. Wouldn't you rather a point where you could say, at least I even got the opportunity to go qualify? Imagine if it gets to the point you can't even get points or it's hard enough to get points so just to go I'm qualify. I'm not a racer anymore, man. I'm going to go just do come, some just, just come flip some stuff or something. Then. Yeah, come to the first World Cup and do a flip. All right, come on, finish it off. i got to pee. All right, I'm busting. All right, all right.
Cool. There's so many more questions that I wanted to ask. Not two more, and we're done. <laughs> we cut down. And we're at what at what age point in your career did you believe that you had what it took to become a World Cup athlete? <sighs> Probably, I reckon sixteen. Sixteen. I sixteen. Crack. I remember when I was sixteen. I was in the first, when I was sixteen. I won. I won under 19s at my time when I won elite at a um, at a state race and I just remember like people that I was racing against had been people that raced World Cups and I'm like hey if I'm 16 and I'm beating these people I'm sure I can I can go further and beat more people but I like you always want to do it but that's when I was like okay I'm getting like I'm getting to a point now where I'm like okay I'm beating serious competitors and then from then I'm like okay we can make this we can make this into something so I'd say 16 probably when I was like okay we're making this making this into a thing yes that's right that was about the point that I turned off wanting to become a World Cup athlete which was interesting that was when I was like nah I don't think I really want to do this I want to do something else I'm not not, yeah I'm not really going to get into the reasons why but that was probably more to do with I guess partying and not wanting to be disciplined (laughs) and all this other stuff yeah Okay, last um, last one. Make it a good one because this I, is the last one. Yeah, all right. Make it the best one because I'm tired, sleepy. Could I get for a run okay. tomorrow? Need a pee. <clears throat> Have you ever tried marijuana? <laughs> oh, gee. And if so, when was the first time? Oh, Jesus! Best for last. Um, for anyone wondering, I have tried it. And Jai Motherwell, the person interviewing, was the person that got me onto it for the first time at my brother's 21st birthday. I think it was. And God, wasn't it an experience? <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I remember laughing a lot, so I feel like that was good. But I feel like there's a big stigma around, like, weed and stuff, but I just, like, I'm not much, like, I don't really like, I have a few wines and stuff, but I'm not someone that wants to go drinking all the time. But I feel like weed gets this bad rap and everyone looks at it as being such a bad thing, which it can be, and it can obviously affect people in wrong ways and it can drive you down... I guess the wrong kind of road and make you lazy and do all this stuff but I feel like now and again in moderation it's not the worst thing obviously you don't do it during during season or anything and don't do it that would affect any events or races or whatnot. but in the off season if you do it now and again you're not really hurting anyone and people get so worked up about it and I just I just don't understand the big thing it's just something grows on a tree and if you just if it doesn't affect any of your life just yeah not not so not so worried about it. It seems like it's all this stigma around something that's not that bad. There's plenty of other worse things in the world. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's been a pleasure sitting down with you. Um, probably could have definitely talked for a few more hours. I could definitely chat for longer, but I need a pee and I need to go to sleep. So yeah, no, that's we're fair. done. That's fair. We're done. R.I.P. That's over. Um, thanks to everyone for listening to another episode. Sorry that they're coming out so slim lately. Um, it's kind of hard everyone in Australia that races mountain bikes lives quite, quite far away but I think we've got a few more people lined up in the near future I might do that Q&A by myself and go over a few things as well so we'll hopefully keep them coming here and there but yeah thanks everyone for listening uh, and uh, thanks for tuning in to Till the Wheels Fall Off <laughs> <laughs> and the off track experience at Combo Meal Deal yeah well like I'm going to be honest with everyone I don't really know if Till the Wheels Fall Off podcast <laughs> has copyright on it yet no so we'll, we'll wait and see it might not actually be called that but um thank you for listening to John Motherwell and Dean Lucas talk some fucking shit and um yeah we might catch you guys next time we'll see what happens we out Peace. See you guys.